0: The Book of the Dead Distorted This will be a quick and bizarre one. For better imagination of the situation, think of a rectangle. The living room located at the west end, while the extended outside kitchen is located on the east end of the house. One night last year, my family and I decided to karaoke after dinner. I remember it was a rainy night, and at around ten, my grandma suddenly rushed into the house from the outside kitchen while yelling my youngest sister's name. We were all puzzled and concerned as her face was pale, and my dad started to ask her in Dusan, which is her indigenous language, what was going on. Apparently, when she was washing the dishes at the back end of the kitchen, she felt something was off. She described it as if someone was watching her, which led her to turn around to investigate. To her shock, there was a figure, about 140 centimeters tall, roughly the height of a 10 or 12-year-old girl, standing there with a black and white striped dress. At first glance, my grandma knew it was an apparition because of its shape and figure, and the sudden level of discomfort she felt. But what made her scream was the moment when she saw where that person's face should have been. It was a distorted, unclear blur. She was faceless. My sister and I quickly went to the back and investigated. It was still raining outside, and because it is an outside kitchen, the pitter-patter sound of the raindrops hitting the roof were so loud that we needed to speak even more loudly to each other. We walked around, but did not see anything, so we went back in. My grandmother started to collect dry onions and garlic skin, and wrapped them in a piece of newspaper, and then burnt it outside of the door. This is an old traditional Doosan way of cleaning, or to scare away the bad spirits with a smell. My grandma was pretty freaked out, so we helped her finish up the dishes. After she calmed down, she told us what she thought she'd seen. She said that the apparition could be a passerby from outside who just happened to have stopped by and took shelter from the heavy rain. My grandma said it was normal to have a passerby, but she's never seen one like this before. Her face, or whatever I saw, was really abnormal, she said. It was distorted. It wasn't clear. Just... Not normal. I've never seen Grandma so concerned. We assured her that the smell of the garlic scared it away. And I guess we were right, because it did not happen again. You saw that too? This happened one night in 2010. Me, my mom, and older brother, who had recently moved back in because his girlfriend kicked him out, were sitting in the living room. I believe it was somewhere between 10 or 10.30 at night. We had one of the windows open because it was early autumn, and the air outside was nice. I was sitting in a chair by the piano looking at the TV, which is in a corner with a window right next to it. This is how I saw the apparition. Anyway, I was watching TV, and suddenly something white and sort of illuminated glided by the window from right to left in the direction of our back door. Thinking it was my mom, I didn't give it much thought until I realized my mom was sitting in the recliner next to me, and my brother was still on the couch. All of this processed in about two seconds, and so once I realized it, I jumped up and grabbed the baseball bat we kept next to the back door and ran out to investigate. I walked around the entire house, checking high and low only to find nothing. Keep in mind, the area around the window and back door is very open, and in the time of seeing it and going out, there's no way someone could have ran and hid without me at least hearing them. Funny enough, once I went back inside, instantly my brother asked me, Didn't find nothing, did you? He said this more matter-of-factly than as an actual question. Come to find out, he'd seen it too, but hadn't said anything because at this point he'd been staying there about three weeks and had seen it twice before and done the same thing I had. Two nights later, around the same time, I was in the kitchen making mac and cheese when I saw it again. Only this time it was in the house. Our stove sits right next to the doorway going into the living room, and as I stood there stirring the noodles, I glanced up and saw that same figure go gliding once again from right to left in the direction of the back door. My little sister was curled up in the same chair that I had been in two nights prior. I walked in and decided not to say anything about it, instead asking, Why'd you just walk to the back door? She looked at me eyes wide and said, You saw it too? Still not letting on that I knew it wasn't just her, I simply said, Stop acting like it wasn't you. Then she got upset and promised me it wasn't her. I asked her what it looked like. She then described exactly the same thing I'd seen. I know it was mean to accuse her when I knew it wasn't, but I wanted to be absolutely sure. After talking about it, we both agreed that the figure felt like a woman and meant no harm. Later on, I learned from my brother that when he was living with his girlfriend, they had seen that figure in their home. We believe it may have followed him when he moved out. The Affliction My family is from the island of Puerto Rico. This is a place in my heart that brings to mind hot sunny days on the beach Great food, cold beers, and loud music. My mother moved to the Bronx in New York City when she and her cousins were teens, sometime in the early 1950s, and this is where I was born and grew up. Being Latin and from the Caribbean, I was raised Catholic and knew of the existence of Santeria, though no one in my family practiced the religion. My grandmother's parents were from Spain and came to Puerto Rico in the late 1800s and tried to raise their seven children in the rural countryside. Misfortune plagued them, as my grandmother died in childbirth, leaving a man to raise seven children by himself. Times were tough, and he was poor, so we left them in the care of relatives while he worked in the city, and one day he never returned. They were divided and grew up among other relatives' families and were raised separately, but remained in touch all throughout their lives, with the exception of the youngest female, who was placed in an orphanage. My grandmother was the second eldest. She obtained a job as a servant in a rich city woman's home doing laundry, cooking, and cleaning. Grandma could press a shirt so stiff it could stand up by itself, was one of my family's best cooks, and was absolutely ridiculous about cleanliness. When they lived together, Grandma was somewhat educated considering she only went up to 7th grade. She could read and write very well. She didn't attend school much because of an affliction. This affliction... Grandma said, started around the age of nine. You and I would know it today as epilepsy, but not so fast. This was not so simple to diagnose in the 1920s, nor was much known about the illness, even to this day. She said she would feel strange, like an out-of-body experience where she couldn't move or speak, and then she would lose consciousness, day or night, wherever she might be. She said she would wake up on the floor of a classroom, the street, a train or bus, with cuts, bruises, and dirty once even at the bottom of a mountain slope, where her family members found her because of the screams and cries of my infant mother. Yes, grandma married, twice. Sadly, both times the marriage failed. I never met my mother's father. Because of this affliction, my mother grew up and spent her adolescence with my grandma's youngest sister, the one from the orphanage, who had married and had four sons. My mom was her princess. So eventually, due to hard times in Puerto Rico, our families moved to New York City, and this is where I was born. My mother had married young, eighteen, and she had me by nineteen. My grandmother lived with my mother's sister slash aunt in the Bronx, who was seven years younger than Mom. Grandma couldn't work because of her affliction, and my aunt, as a very young teen, was forced to cope with what life threw at her. She said she would know when a seizure was about to happen because she could see, what she described, as flying naked angels descending upon her, and that would be the last thing she remembered. She would tell me about the different, horrific tests that were run on her at hospitals trying to diagnose, treat, and learn about epilepsy, why she was having so many seizures, and to try and control them with the experimental medication available at the time, in the 1960s. This medication often caused more harm than it did help. Doctors thought at times that she was insane, or had a brain tumor, but nothing showed on these tests. She was rapidly deteriorating. One time it was so bad that my poor aunt was crying on the steps of her tenement, thinking that any day she would find my grandma dead. My aunt said that she sat there sobbing when an elegantly dressed Latin lady, Doña Lydia, asked her why she was crying, and my aunt explained to her what was going on. She said the lady just held her hand and said in Spanish, I want you to come to a velada tonight, and we'll take care of your mother. I met Doña Lydia later in life. She was, as best as I can describe, always dressed in a tight white cotton dress. She had a curvy body, big bosom, smelled real good, like flowers, and was always wiping sweat off her forehead with a white cloth handkerchief. Just being near her made you feel good. For those of you who are not familiar with a velada, it is a term used in Santeria religion, and here is a best effort translation from the Spanish. A velada is a spiritual ceremony that is done within a cult where the person to whom the ceremony will be performed on Lays down, sits, or stands within a circle of symbols, physical or drawn, bones, chicken feet, goat hooves, chalk drawn crosses, etc., and many candles. The purpose of the ceremony is to cleanse a person's spirit. That evening, Grandma said she and my aunt went together across the hall to Dona Lydia's apartment. She said the apartment smelled strongly of incense. The only source of light were the many lit candles, all white. And there was a huge altar against one wall with many large and small statues of saints and offering dishes in front of these statues, containing cash, fruit, eggs, and small juju bags containing God knows what. There were other people there, all dressed in white and holding hands. This is how best I remember my grandma describing what happened next. She was seated in a chair in the middle of the living room, and Doña Lidia brought out this young, dark-skinned man. She said he looked thin but very strong and had a piercing gaze, like he was sure of himself. He and Doña Lydia both began to chant and pray around my grandma, all the while drizzling her with what she thinks was holy water, and blowing smoke into her face and around her. This went on for a while, then suddenly she felt the, quote, naked angels coming. She says that this time she didn't lose consciousness, but how she best describes it is seeing through someone else's eyes. She saw the Naked angels, fighting and scratching this young man, and he fought back. They flew around fast and angry. My young aunt describes it as seeing a ritualistic dance. The young man would wave his arms around my grandma, as if fighting off unseen things. The others in the room were all chanting and swaying their arms, the young man still moving and sweating profusely until suddenly he fell to the floor exhausted. Then Doña Lydia took over, placing her hands on grandma's forehead and praying and chanting until grandma says she fell asleep. Grandma said she woke around 2am. Everyone had left, except for Doña Lydia and the young man who told my grandma that she had a phenomenon attached to her all this time and that they were able to get rid of it. What does phenomenon translate to? My guess is something not of this world. My grandma never had a seizure again, and she lived to the ripe old age of 92. She loved the Mets and the Yankees, knew every player, and yelled while watching the games. Because of my parents getting divorced, we moved in with my grandma and aunt when I was about five. This was just after my grandma's volada. I never saw her have a seizure, but learned of the affliction when I was a teen. I fondly remember Doña Lydia, God bless her soul, and going to her apartment in the daytime, and it was scary to say the least. She said to never touch or take anything from the altar, and trust me, I never dared to. I do remember going to her place of business once, a botanica for another evening volada. I was around ten at the time. I don't know who it was for, as children weren't allowed to watch. So while this took place upstairs, my younger brother and I explored the place. Ground floor and cellar. Wow. There was all kinds of stuff and smells. There was a goat head on a wall, animals' feet hanging from the ceiling on ropes, all dried out looking, potions and candles of all colors and smells, seashells, bones, juju bags, chalk of all colors, and live chickens. My aunt got very involved in all this, understandably, but to a degree that we all thought was too unhealthy. Obsessed. Weird stuff happened to her. That's for another story. Safe to say she later married and moved out, and eventually stopped the belief-slash-practice. Grandma was always Catholic and prayed daily. She said, good will always prevail over evil, and I strongly believe that, to this day.